Hey there, I'm Rachel Roberts, and this is Don't Sleep On It by HuffPost. Today, we're talking about a train that was stranded for over 36 hours with passengers on board, and what to do if you didn't get that raise you wanted this year. But first, North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un was treated to a red carpet welcome when he arrived in Vietnam on Tuesday ahead of a meeting with President Donald Trump. But U.S. journalists were given the cold shoulder. A spokesperson for the Vietnamese government tweeted that the workspace White House press corps members had been using would be relocated to another hotel in Hanoi. Reporters on the ground began tweeting about the scene when Kim arrived, noting that they'd been prohibited from taking any photos or videos. Window shades had even been pulled down, wrote Bloomberg's Margaret Talev. Kim later ventured out for some sightseeing, including a visit to his country's embassy, where he was greeted with cheers, the Associated Press reported. Trump is scheduled to meet with Kim today and Thursday for their second summit on North Korea's nuclear weapons program, which remains a source of international anxiety. They are also expected to discuss lifting sanctions against Pyongyang. However, some U.S. lawmakers and reportedly some of Trump's own advisors have expressed little confidence that a potential deal between the two leaders will be any guarantee of denuclearization. And from a relocation to a complete standstill, an Amtrak passenger train that was stranded in snowy Oregon for more than 36 hours after hitting a fallen tree on the tracks is moving once again, Amtrak officials announced Tuesday. Amtrak Coast Starlight Train 11, which operates a daily service from Seattle to Los Angeles, was carrying nearly 200 people when it stalled outside Oak Ridge, roughly 150 miles south of Portland, around 6.18 p.m. Sunday. None of the 183 passengers and dozen crew members were injured. Worsening conditions, such as snow and more fallen trees, made it impossible for the train to continue or for rescue crews to transport those aboard via alternate transportation for more than a day and a half. Amtrak Executive Vice President and Chief Operating Officer Scott Naparstek said in a statement, quote, With more than a foot of heavy snow and numerous trees blocking the track, we made every decision in the best interest of the safety of our customers during the unfortunate sequence of events. With local power outages and blocked roads, it was decided the safest place for our customers was to remain on the train where we were able to provide food, heat, electricity, and toilets, unquote. After announcing the train was on its way to Eugene, Oregon, Naparstek said, quote, We will be contacting customers to provide refunds and other compensation as appropriate, unquote. The train was stocked with ample food supplies, according to Amtrak. But passengers told local media that there was limited cell phone service and that diapers for young children were running low. Still, passengers say most people remained calm as they tried to pass the time during the ordeal. One person even played ukulele for children in the cafe car, KGW8 reported. New friendships were formed through card games and drinking, one passenger told the outlet. Talk about making the best of a literal train wreck. And despite new tax breaks for businesses and booming corporate profits, do not expect your company to suddenly become generous with sharing that wealth anytime soon. Of 7,030 employers surveyed by Payscale at the end of 2018 in the U.S., Canada, and other countries, 69% said they expected to keep average salary increases to a paltry 3% or less, roughly the same as last year. 
Lydia Frank, vice president of content at Payscale, says, quote, not everybody is getting the 3% increase. That's the average. They are using that strategically. Some people may get nothing. Some people may get 1%. Some people may get 15%, unquote. But what do you do if your raise is lower than you deserve? First, don't despair. Recognize that the number may have been set long before your manager gave you the figures, said Josh Duty, author of Fearless Salary Negotiation. Next, there's hope. You can still ask for a significant raise outside of the typical pay raise cycle by making that a separate conversation from the standard corporate one. Duty suggests doing your own research to determine what your salary should be and revisiting the topic in three to six months with your manager. So now that you know when to have the conversation, here's how. When discussing why you need a raise, focus on the impact your job has. If you are stumped on how to talk about your work, Duty said you should look for areas where you have driven revenue, saved costs, or saved time. Did you take on an extra responsibility to save your manager a headache? Are you doing two people's jobs after layoffs? Keep those moments in mind to bring up. Finally, benefits and perks can be brought up in compensation talks. Benefits make up about 30% of companies' compensation plans. And some experts suggest you should include other forms of compensation in your raise talks. Asking for more paid professional development opportunities can benefit both employer and employee. If you become a better public speaker at conferences, for example, you will be helping the company market itself. And you'll be learning a new skill set that you did not have before, one expert said. But those forms of compensation can only go so far. Recognize that no paid conferences, additional vacation days, or better work-from-home policy can make up for a severe pay difference. So now that you're ready, get to negotiating! And here's what else you shouldn't be sleeping on. In congressional testimony today, President Donald Trump's former personal attorney and longtime fixer Michael Cohen is expected to accuse Trump of engaging in criminal activity in the months before the 2016 election, multiple news outlets reported Tuesday. Cohen, once Trump's right-hand man, has distanced himself from the president since pleading guilty to federal prosecutors last year. And the Republican-led Senate looks poised to vote down Trump's declaration of a national emergency to find funding to build a wall along the U.S.-Mexico border. Three Senate Republicans have publicly said they would vote for a resolution of disapproval, and another strongly suggested he would. Only four Republicans are needed because Democrats control 47 seats, and the resolution requires a simple majority of 51 votes. For more about how these stories develop, head to HuffPost.com. And now, you really gotta get up. Bye!